while yes, there's a lot of fun moments, it's equally met with challenging experiences, 100%. if not superseded by challenging experiences. Yeah. A lot of people call it a pilgrimage, and I love that. The idea of a pilgrimage, it's a hero's journey, right? It's a righteous mission, but it's not just love and light, rainbows and butterflies. It has dark nights of the soul. Just the lowest lows has tons of obstacles and challenges, and that's what makes it that much more rewarding. I'm Alexa, and you're listening to That Sex Check, a Soulfire production. Testing one, two. Testing three, four. Great. <sighs> it's been a minute since you and I have held the podcast microphones. Can I just tell you, you look really hot this morning. I do? Yeah. What is it? I don't know. Maybe it's your sweatshirt. It's your eyelashes. <laughs> Maybe it's your aura. Probably all of the above. Probably all of the above. My sweatshirt by Undead Threads. Uh-huh. Come on now. My lashes by Lashify. <laughs> Yeah. Thanks, babe. Mm, I think you look really cute right now with your backwards hat. So this is how we feel about each other after Burning Man. (laughs) And I think this is how we feel about each other all the time. This is how we feel about each other pretty much all of the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, but we have the microphones today specifically to talk about our recent Burning Man experience. Mm -hmm. Are you stoked? Stoked. It's great. It's fun. It's challenging. It's when people ask me about it, my default answer, simply put, is it's awesome and awful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when I describe Burning Man, I say it's the most beautiful, magical, fucked up place I've ever been. Yeah. And we just recently, so it's been a week since we've been back home at the point of this recording. A week for me. You've been yeah. home a little longer, but. About a week. Yeah. Yeah. I got home technically yesterday. Whatever. The week before. Anyway, it's It's been about a week that Mm -hmm. we've been home. And while it's still fresh, we want to recap things for all of y'all that seem to be really curious. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of preconceived notions and misconceptions, I think, about (laughs) Burning Man. And there's some truths that stereotypes are a thing for a reason. Yeah, that we'll probably confirm for you through this episode. So while it's still fresh, wanting to talk about the reason why we even decided to go back to Burning Man, because this was our second time going how this experience was so different, our intentions going Mm -hmm. into it, how this experience was different to our last. I want to talk about some of the playful debauchery we got up to, Mm -hmm. the costumes and the outfits. We can talk even about substances, public nudity. We can talk about open sex. You know, those are some of the misconceptions and things that people well, not misconceptions, but maybe Potential. people have an image that like that's all it is. And, that, and, it's and, and what much, much those more. things look like. Sure. So that's really what I, I mean, the underscore there. And to talk about how our relationship, how did it do when we well, were in spoiler that alert, we crushed it. Yeah, we did. We crushed it. Mm-hmm. But with regards to actual Burning Man, let's start with like mm. what it is, because recently I was at. Uh, the retreat that Brynn and I hosted, the Fully Embodied Woman Retreat mm-hmm. that was here in Austin, the first one. We're gearing up to do the second one. And when I was there, I was talking about the fact that we were preparing for Burning Man. And I would say about half of the group of women didn't know what it was. That's kind of crazy. Which I thought that too, but I think it's just because we're surrounded by so many burners. Yeah, which is that's what we call them. 
here in the community. People who burn. Burners. I affectionately refer to it as the burn ski now. Shocker. The burn ski. Okay. Mm -hmm. So like we're surrounded by a lot of people who are familiar with it. And so it seems like it's common knowledge, but when we broaden our community, when we Mm -hmm. dip into, you know, different rungs or layers of our community and especially our online community, I realize, oh, a lot of people are not familiar with what this is. So do you want to give a quick rundown? Sure. So it is a radical experiment in many, many ways. Community, self-governance, expression. It is not a festival is what mm-hmm. burners will tell you. It's not and, a music festival. Well, but they say it's not a festival period, but yeah. in a way it definitely is. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's the experience itself is, I guess, nine days. Yeah. Technically. The, the technical window is yeah. nine days, yeah. but people get there days before and they leave days later, depending on what their roles are. Yeah. So it's in the middle of nowhere in Northern Nevada in the desert. It's called Black Rock City. Yeah. And Black Rock City is Burning Man. Like when Burning Man is not there this one time every year, it's just empty nothingness in I'm the middle of the desert. Sure. It's a barren lake, right? It, I think maybe once upon a time it was a lake because it's nestled in between some mountains. Yes. But so it's, it's a dried out lake. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> And so once a year, although it hasn't officially happened in three years because of what's been happening in the world. Yeah, so yeah. we went to the last official one. Now people have had unofficial ones. Renegade burns Renegade is what burns they're called. They call them. But 70 to 80,000 people congregate for this nine day experience. And a good chunk of those will come a week ish early and build their own little camps. Yeah. So the city, so it goes from absolutely nothing to and there's no resources there's no infrastructure there's no toilets there's Literally no electricity nothing. there's nothing there and it's pretty far yeah. from all of those things yep. outside of the little town that you have to pass through in order to get to black rock city mm-hmm. so there's kind of like only one way in and only one way out mm-hmm. and you can imagine what that creates yeah but there's nothing there and then a group of people <clears throat> land with some supplies and start to build the infrastructure that will make up Black Rock City population, which I've heard 70 to 80,000 are the tickets. Mm. But by the time it's all said and done, sometimes it's over 100,000 people are out there. Really? Wow. Isn't that insane? Yeah. Yeah. So it's massive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's, what are they called? Bylaws? Not bylaws. What are like the agreements in this essentially like radical self-expression, radical self-reliance? I don't know if self-expression is one of them, but reliances yeah. and immediacy. immediacy. They're like the 10 principles. Com- yeah. Like they're like commandments of sorts. Yeah. Principles, they're like yeah. The, the 10 principles of Burning Man. So they're like guiding forces and there's an organization like a Burning Man org that helps make things happen and keep some element of structure. Cause as you could imagine, there could be, and is a lot of chaos and takes care of legal stuff, but there's no exchange of money. The only money that's exchanged is at center camp. You can buy coffee and ice outside of that. There is no like commerce and it's not a bartering system. So a lot of people will think, Oh, you trade stuff. It's like, no, it's not. It's a gifting economy. Yes. That's really the theme is whatever you have that you want to provide is a gift to the playa. And the playa is what the space is called. That's like what the desert's called. That's where we all stay is the playa. Yeah. And that's what placards say as you drive up to it. Mm -hmm. It says playa and then it's got coordinates. Yep. Yeah. 
So actually, self-expression is one of the principles, I thought so. which is really exciting. Yeah. So I'm just going to read them off. I'm not going to read what they're really about. And the listeners can Look you know, it up. use context clues, basically. But And we've just mentioned a handful of them. So radical inclusion, and that's basically nobody's a stranger. Yeah. And when you arrive there, a lot of people will give you hugs and say, welcome home. Yeah. Like really somebody sweet. you have no idea who they are, where they come from, and they just give you a big hug and they say, welcome home. So one of the principles, radical inclusion, the next one is gifting, which is, so it's not bartering, it's gifting. So you mm. gift without reciprocity, thinking no that you're going to get something yeah. back. Decommodification, which you just described, radical self-reliance, meaning you take care of yourself. I want to underscore something here. Sure. So there's a funny little cultural piece to this. And there's a lot, obviously, of cultural pieces. And people don't know what they're getting into and they just <laughs> yes. show up and they're like, I'm going to go to this festival. Yeah, Burning Man. Yeah. And they have no idea what they're getting themselves into. We call these people sparkle ponies. They need help from a lot of people. Yeah. Like they need other people's resources in order to survive and to yeah. stay out there. And so it, there's a playful term for them and that's sparkle ponies. Mm -hmm. Radical self-expression, which you mentioned, which I wasn't sure about, but yeah, radical self-expression, which is the expression of your outfits and your energy and your spirit. And it's also the gifts that you bring. Mm -hmm. There's a long list of like what is underneath radical self-expression, communal effort so that you are working with community in order to take care of each other. Civic responsibility is one of them. And so that's the organization of different events in different camp areas. It's also assuming responsibility for the public welfare. So like in our camp, which we'll talk about a little bit later, but like our camp had an infrastructure that also included medical. And we have rules and agreements that we have even within our camp mm -hmm. about how we desire to show up, how we commit to showing up on the playa. And then it's called the Grand Playa. That's the AKA default world. That's just that's the world. Anything that's not Burning Man. People will call the Grand Playa. So you've got the Playa and then you've got the Grand Playa, the rest of the world. Mm. And then the default world is like where limitations on like being yeah. um, and expression are. And that's kind of a fun, playful term. At the same time, I kind of don't like that shit. It reminds either. me of muggles. Me like, too. It's condescending. It's it is. Uh, default world. Eh, I like Grand Playa. That's fun. I understand that it's playful, but I, I do notice that there's a it little bit of like- It feels a little holier like, than yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And I don't, I don't like really it. like it either. Leave No Trace- which is kind of funny at the same time as it's important because there's no way we don't make an impact when 80,000 people go. Well, yeah, it's impossible. It's but impossible, it's a but guiding principle. We're literally, by the time we are, like, there's no trash cans, there's no service for trash. So you pack it in, you, pack it out. Yeah. So everywhere you go, you have to have a bag with you to put your garbage. And it's called MOOP, which stands for Matter Out of Place, M O O P. So everybody has to go around and if, if somebody gives you something like a candy or a sucker or something on a napkin, you have to take that back with you. Yeah, it's yours. So you, have, so you have to bring a bag around to keep your trash and then you have to pack your trash out. And so you have to think about things like that when you're preparing food and it's just, there's so much to consider. But anyway, leave no trace. By the time we're actually breaking down, there's the moop patrol for <laughs> our camp or in your general area where you're literally taking a brush, like a big sweeper bristled brush yep. or a rake. And you're raking through the playa dust, looking for any tiny little thing that could be matter out of place, which is anything other than the dust. Like hair, y'all. Yeah. That's a thing. Specks of glitter, sequins. Yeah. Which are technically feathers. not allowed. Like, like yeah, it's, it's on frowned the, upon or right, whatever. Right. It, it's in the documentation, like, 
these things are not welcome and people still do sure. it. And so you just have to make sure you get it all as out. best you can. Okay. So participation, the community aspect of participation, radically participatory mm-hmm. and immediacy, which in a lot of ways is the most important principle, which is be here it. now. Yeah. What is the immediate thing that is being presented to me in any given moment? Mm-hmm. So being less worried about what's going on in the big book of things to do, which is absolutely impossible <laughs> to hit even a third of uh, the stuff that's, that's available. A tenth. <laughs> a tenth of what's available. And so it's really about just recognizing your inner compass and yeah. what do you really want to do and what's laid out in front of you in the immediate moments. That one might be my favorite. It's yeah. yeah. Like you said, the be here now it's, if you see it, do it. If you feel it, take the inspired action. It's beautiful. For sure. It's also, you know, when you get onto the playa, most, the majority of people don't have their phones. Yeah. So it's one. And I would say that out of all of the things that we go and experience when we go out to burning man, that is my favorite thing. And also the thing that is the hardest for me to integrate back into my life once yeah, we're done. I feel that. So anyway, that's the basis of what Burning Man is originally created by a guy named Larry in San Francisco. He burned a man with some friends and then they moved it to Nevada mm-hmm. and in the Black Rock City Desert. And it was small. It's continued to get larger and larger. It blows my mind that that many people opt in for that gnarly of an experience because I think some people go, oh my gosh, it's going to be so much fun. And while yes, there's a lot of fun moments, it's equally met with challenging experiences, if not superseded by challenging experiences. A lot of people call it a pilgrimage and I love that. That very much resonates for me. Uh, The idea of a pilgrimage, it's a hero's journey, right? It's a righteous mission, but it's not just... Love and light, rainbows and butterflies. It has dark nights of the soul, has just the lowest lows, has tons of obstacles and challenges. And that's what makes it that much more rewarding is going through all that because it's, it doesn't come easy. And so when the prize comes, it's like, oh, I earned this. I worked for this. So I love that. And for me, I'll talk a little bit about my experience. Yeah. Yeah. I think the last couple little pieces I want to give on like the, what Burning Man is quickly temperatures, weather, like what are like the elements, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So just to like preface what we're going to say. So the Black Rock city desert. Now we've done this twice. So we can only speak on these two years. And before I even like say this next piece, I'll mention that there is, uh, what is it called when uh, this is slipping my mind. So, but I'll just say what it is. So basically it is a part of the culture, which isn't really doing it. Like that's not really saying what I want to say, but rumor is a part of the folklore. I don't know if it's folk. No, no, it's rumor, but the role rumor plays in Mm -hmm. burning man, Mm -hmm. like every year, like we've only done it two years, but it's been the same both years. Legends kind of thing. No, no, it's rumor. It's literally rumor, but the role that rumor plays is there's a, a, a word that I'm looking for. So, Every year, the people who touch the playa first, there's like a wave of, oh my gosh, the conditions are so bad. It's so windy. And there's like structures that are put out that are actually put out that I believe are meant to look fucked up. (laughs) They're meant to look like the wind ripped it apart and the dust ripped it apart. And it's so gnarly. And I think people take pictures of them and send them back because when you first get there, the crew that first gets there has a little bit of self-service. Yeah. And I think when they're reporting 
it's a little bit to like fuck with the people that don't know. That is absolutely a thing. This, yeah, I don't know if there's a specific word for That's it what per I, se. But, but just like, it's a part, it's it's not quite part of the culture. Well, it's it a is part, in a sense Yeah, like, sure. And a little, another example under the same basic umbrella yeah. is Daft Punk at the trash fence. Yeah, that there's always like, you tell new burners that there's going to be a secret yeah. show by Daft Punk <laughs> at the trash fence, which is as far as you can get. They call it deep playa. It's way deep next to the trash fence. And it's a trek. There's like barely any bathrooms out there. It's really far. And so it's this thing. Like when I worked on cruise ships, we used to tell the new crew members that had never worked on a ship that they had to do something called fog watch. (laughs) And we would tell them that it was at like one in the morning. It was a random luck of the draw that they would have to go and do it and that they would have to show up to the bow of the ship. They'd have to put their life jacket on and they'd have to literally go watch for fog. It was just to fuck with them. We have this kind of stuff in my fraternity. fraternity. It's great. I love it. Right. So this is kind of like that. Yep. But imagine... There's lots of little rumors and you don't know what's right. And that really weaves into immediacy. Yeah. Like if you're chasing the rumor and you're chasing Mm -hmm. these things or you're in fear or whatever, you're not surrendered to it's going to be what it's going to be. Then you're going to have a very mentally challenging kind of experience. So anyway, the conditions are actually kind of fucked up. Mm -hmm. They indeed are. (laughs) But they're not as fucked up sometimes as people make them out to be. Sure. So in 2019, we were fortunate, blessed to have a pretty good year with weather. One of the better ones, as far as I can tell, talking to people. And it seems yeah. to be there's somewhat of a, a probability in here. Like maybe every few years is a particularly challenging weather year and the rest are not so challenging. But generally speaking, the foundation is pretty challenging. You're in the middle of the desert. It's hot. It's summer. Over a hundred degrees. Yeah. Pretty much every day. Yeah. And there's these dust storms and this is the big X factor in the mix. So when we went 2019, I think there was like one, maybe two, and they weren't all very long and or it that was, bad. Yeah. It was short lived. Like yeah. they passed through and it was no big deal. This year, however, dust storms and just talking to people, it seems like this was one of the most challenging years in that regard in a very long time. Yeah. yeah. We had a dust storm almost every day. Yep. When I say dust storm, we just, we couldn't see 10, 15 feet in front of us. So yep. it made riding bikes and going down roads and finding your, your home on the playa. Extremely it, it just made it really difficult. difficult. It made like taking care of yourself difficult because yep. you're trying not to breathe it. So you've got your masks and you, and it's getting in your eyes. And so you have goggles and yep. it's so alkaline. This dust is so alkaline that as soon as it touches your cuticles, <laughs> your skin, it immediately dries it out. Oh, my hands so were destroyed. It's from just this coating weeks. your body it's in your hair on your scalp <laughs> and it's a hundred degrees. So you're literally in a dusty sauna. Uh, it's yes. trying to ride a bike, try not to hit people. It sounds as bad <laughs> as it is and probably worse. <laughs> so that's just the elements. Yeah. And taking care of yourself is just like, it takes hours in a day. I think for a lot of people to just get themselves to feel like themselves to go do things. Totally. It's challenging. Yep. Okay. So that's all the preface. I think if we would have just jumped into, here's what we experienced, yeah. we would have left some people in the dust. Ah, but, that's what uh, you did there. And they wouldn't have really known. Yeah, I think it's important you know? to set the tone and context. Sure. Okay, so Jordan went, he left in Florence, our short bus, which I 
put in my vows to Jordan on our wedding day that uh-huh. he could keep Florence, our short bus, as, as long, long as, as he you. wanted. Yeah. I wasn't going to say anything ever again mm-hmm. about Flo the short bus that in previous seasons has driven me absolutely crazy. We've had a love-hate relationship with her and probably a little bit more of the latter than the former. Yeah. But yeah, so that's part of the journey. You know, I got this bus, I guess, four and a half years ago, like right when we first started dating. And it was a moment of radical inspired action. And we've been renovating it slowly but surely ever since. Because when we first got it, it was a full-on school bus. Looked like kids had just jumped off the day before. All the original seats, lettering, colors, blah, blah, blah. We had to get the... The handicap lift. Yep. Removed. The wheelchair lift. Mm-hmm. Like we had to get it professionally like unbolted. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And so it's been an on and off process. We've considered selling it. We almost have. And most recently, a good friend here in Austin, shout out to my boy Rick Schaefer at Austin Custom Metals, did some really awesome work on her, installed a custom rooftop deck uh, and put the solar panels in with a battery bank and put new floors in and, and did some really good work to make it more ready than it was last time we went. Because last time we went in 2019, we drove her together there. You Let's got just pause for a second. Uh-huh. On, okay. uh, on the 2019 experience yeah. as you go into 2022. Uh-huh. We were fucking miserable. You need to take radical responsibility I for your damn was self. Miserable. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> You're telling me that my misery didn't <laughs> Make you also a little miserable. You can't make me anything. But did and it. yes, it affected me. Yeah, that it affected you. Okay, yeah, sure. Okay, I can't make you anything. You're uh, so advanced in your personal you. I'm development. Very conscious of my language. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Casting okay. spells and shit. I, we were pretty damn miserable. Like we got her to a certain point. We, just a small taste. We left Austin mm-hmm. to drive to Nevada. And it's a 30 plus hour yeah. road trip. We thought we might have AC. We just installed of the an bus. external AC unit like you would see on campers and RVs. Yeah. A really we, nice one. We're really stoked about. We plugged it in to our lithium ion battery and uh, it immediately drains the battery, <laughs> which we thought might happen because of the startup amperage that's required in order to have the. And the electronic shit just breaks my brain. It's, yeah. So we know. gave it a try. And so we drove this 30 plus hours in August, peak of summer from Texas <laughs> to the desert with no AC. And it was, it was quite literally just so fucking miserable. And it, it, it was, was so hot. It was too. packed with stuff I mean, a ton of stuff that we realized we didn't really need to bring yeah. after the fact. And so just the sheer volume of stuff that we brought was just overwhelming to me. Y'all, we brought our entire fairly large dresser, which was not the worst move, but it definitely was not a great move because we thought it'd be nice to have like all of our stuff in drawers and somewhat organized, right, right. but it's inside heavy of, and massive. Yeah, inside <laughs> of the bus. It also was a great partition for where our bed was sure. versus where like the kitchen lounging area was. Yeah. But anyway, the quick little story that like really I used to bring, I was going to say surmise, to surmise mm-hmm. um, our 2019 experience was, first off, I had my hair done in braids, yep. little individual small box braids, which shout out to anyone Anyone who who has a head that can handle those, I'll never do it again. I was fucking miserable. When you had which, half your sh- head shaved. And too. I had half my head shaved. So half of my head was itchy and heavy and the other half was bare. And so I was like half had my head cocked to the side the whole time. But anyway, braids and festival braids are a really big thing 
when you are in a location that you don't have access to showers. And so like this time I had my hair braided in a different way and that was way better. And I literally had it braided all the way until we left the playa because Mm. hair is moop. And so anyway, I've had lots of discussions about how this is appropriation. So so I'm not going to go into it and mad respect to the types of heads that can handle a couple of these braid styles. Cause like I'm imagining lots of white girl heads were also fucking miserable. Okay. So anyway, we're sweating, we're making our track, but we're excited because we're going to Burning Man for the first time. Mm -hmm. And then we finally get to our last hotel stop. I think it's in Reno. We take showers. We're like last shower for, you know, like last real shower for a while. We get in the bus, we're ready. And before we'd even left, I told Jordan, we need to weather seal our windows we need to put the the caulking around the windows. This is the thing. And I said it multiple times, but because he didn't really know there was infinite list of things to do, but I was really <sighs> exactly. trying to get him to prioritize this and it just didn't get done. He just screwed them in place. Here's the thing. When you are in a vehicle and it touches the playa, you have to turn your AC off. Everything's got to go off because it will literally suck this super, super fine dust and blow it into your car. So you either have to not have the, the you know, the rec- you have to have the recycled air on mm-hmm. inside of a car. But I think the majority of people who are driving turn everything off yeah. while they're making their way on and off of the playa because it's just so dusty. Well, and you and also even, see people cover all of their windows with, with tape, with tape, with foil, with things to like reflect the sun and to keep the dust out. Even like a really nice new Regular, RV will do this new, because it's so fine. These particles. Of yes. Dust. Yes. And a whole, like a car, like rain, things don't get inside of a car when totally. you're driving a car. Mm-hmm. How do you all of a sudden hit the ply dust and all of a sudden there's literally dust inside your entire car. It's wild. So imagine we're in this tin can that's baking under the sun and it touches <sighs> the playa. And literally within seconds of us hitting the playa, every single crack and crevice of the bus just has dust billowing into it. And so we're frantically, well, let me just Jordan's driving quickly. I'm driving. As soon as we hit the playa, Lex, we both get emotional because there's we signs. We finally made it. It was so challenging. We're here. We're on the playa. We f- like it was such a hard drive. We finally made it. Yeah. And no sooner do we feel this excitement, this gratitude, it's this emotion, it's immediately hit with, oh no, you haven't made it yet. Like you're here, but you ain't like fully here. And the dust starts billowing in, the bus is packed to the brim. And so we're frantically, while I'm driving through this line and we'll get to the line in a second, we're grabbing duct tape and trying to seal all the windows as best we climbing over all the shit from the inside. With goggles on. With goggles and on. And face masks yeah. on. That I didn't realize we were going to need so soon. So yep. I'm digging through all the stuff, <laughs> trying to find the goggles, trying to find the dust masks. And I'm like, oh, fuck. And we've now closed every single window. There's no ventilation. And we're just drenched. sweating, like yeah. drenched. So we just had our last shower. We're literally soaked with sweat. <laughs> and there's dust just like everywhere. I'm having trauma just remembering this experience. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, So then we do this. For six hours. <laughs> yes. In, in the line, which is. To get in. Maybe on the lower ish end, not lower, like mid range. It's kind yeah, of standard. Yeah. People sometimes are there for 12 plus hours. Yeah. Like right behind us, there was an accident that year that yeah. halted the line for 12 plus hours. Yeah. So anyway, that was our first trip to the playa. Yes. I had to get out of the bus where it was almost whiteout conditions because people are driving on it. So yeah. like the dust is really kicked up. I had to get out of the bus 
to just get air to cool down. But I was literally coated. Yeah. My, all my clothes, my sweaty skin, everything. Yeah. And then you get to the, to the line, like where you get your ticket checked and everything. And they like search your vehicle for like explosives and guns basically, and stuff, yeah. basically. And true matter out of place, including a plant Jordan had put in the bus, which was really silly. He just wanted a plant for a little feng shui. It was a suck. It was a succulent. You're so a you succulent. Thought, <laughs> so we thought it would survive anyway they took it and threw it away and it was really sad did. it was really sad very aggressive but a man a man and this is the last piece that i'll say on this year but a man checked our tickets and said welcome home and he throws his arms in the air and he wants to give us a big hug and he is literally naked outside of two nipple piercings yeah a chain looking harness that was kind of wrapped around his body that clipped to his nipples and then clipped to the piercing at the tip of his dick he had a prince albert piercing <laughs> and just <laughs> cock a flopping and he was just like Filled with the joy of the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> the joy of the playa. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like he, he yeah, the was Holy Spirit home. was flowing through him. Yeah, yeah. Right. And then he checks our tickets and then we ding the bell and then sweaty and just like done. We do dust angels. Cause yep. that's the thing you do. It's when like you're a snow new. angel, but a dust angel. And so then we're extra dusty. It's um, a really fun, cool little ritual. So like, At that point it was like, okay, we made it. And yeah, we truly could yeah. kind of settle in. So imagine that is the foundation yes. for another nine days plus. That was our first year. I personally was very challenged by the elements. I pushed back on the elements a lot. And so that really set. And for you, I think you had a better experience than I did for sure. But mm -hmm. it's still like we didn't have our people. These were things that were really stand out to us. We didn't yep. have true core squad yeah we had us. friends and acquaintances and we plenty acquaintances. of people we knew but we did not have any of like our close core friends there yeah and we didn't have people like we didn't know the lay of the land the lay mm. of the playa enough to confidently really go out by ourselves you did i didn't yeah but for us to just go together just the two of us it felt kind of awkward like when do we stop and actually where are we and you know it was really hard to take in what was happening. Yeah, it was, it was really hard, like overstimulation. It was really hard to take in the art. It was hard to take in the sheer volume of stuff. And it also presented a lot of FOMO in that, in a regard where people who knew what they were doing would come back with all of these incredible stories of all these <laughs> things they saw and all these things they did. And I'd be like, I just can't get over the fact that my nose won't stop bleeding. Like, I, like Aww. I just, I mean, my nose, it's just not that I won't stop bleeding. It's more like it's an unending oh, amount of shit that can come out of your nose. still recovering. Yeah. So anyway, by the time we got through that year, at first I was like, there's no way I'm ever doing this again. Like, this is fucking stupid. Well, firstly, I flew baby girl back and drove home by myself. Yeah, because we weren't <laughs> going to do that to me again. So, uh -uh. so we, it was kind of wild that by the end of it, we were, we started to change our language to like, all these things we do differently. Ah, yes. If we were to ever do it again. Because at first it was kind of like, we won't ever do this again. I was like, we're certainly just, not doing we're it in the, the thick next of year. It. Yeah. Because the amount of prep that goes into it, it's kind of absurd. Yeah. Like it takes over your whole life mm. for a while. Yeah. And it took over our lives and it takes over, like it affects business. It affects relationship. It of course is a financial hit because yeah. it's expensive to do all of this stuff. So anyway, knew we weren't going to do it the next year. Well, I don't know well, about we were that. Possibly. Yeah. We, yeah, I think we, we weren't have, sure, but, but then the pandemic hit yeah. and for two years it was canceled. Yeah. So 
we knew we were going to do it this year and yes. we were stoked to do it differently. Mm-hmm. And all of 2019 set us up for a foundation with uh, intention for reclamation. Yep. We just want to do it different than we did the year that we went previously. Mm. So let's show ourselves we can do this differently, that our relationship can be can be great through the mm-hmm. whole thing and we can see more and take it in and do more and help the newbies and mm-hmm. all of that. So back to 2022 mm-hmm. and I won't go to 2019 again. That's enough like prepping. Well, I kind of want to tell two quick things about 2019. Okay, sure, keep fine, moving. fine, fine, fine. As, since we're in it and it's fun. One, we had our first, that was our, yeah, our first play party experience and oh, our first yeah. public sex experience. Yeah. Funny enough, at the camp that we ended up staying with this year, they have a sacred sexuality, sacred sexuality event. workshop event. So we went to that and we, that was awesome. That was hot. That was also challenging and weird, all the things. Yeah. So there's that. And just one fun little thing I want to share about my solo drive home that year. So the headlights on the bus went out. I was driving during the day and that was just my intention because this, this happened on the way there, like maybe the last day before we were almost there. And so on the way home, I was like, all right, I'm just going to drive fully during the day, but I didn't account for the time change. So I think it was either the first or second day of driving. I jumped ahead an hour. And so the destination I was planning on getting to, it got dark before I was getting there. And this was actually one of the more scary experiences of my life, driving in the middle of the desert. I think I was in Arizona can't see anything. My headlights don't work. Cars are whizzing past me. And I did this for probably 30 minutes until I was like, okay, no, like this is dangerous. It's scary. I'm going to pull over and I don't know what I'm going to do. So pull over in the middle of the desert, kind of in this lonely panic type of feeling of like, what do I do? And eventually this happened fairly quickly. I just surrendered. It's like, this is where I'm at. This is the set of circumstances can't really do anything about it except be with it. And so the long story shortish, I took our mattress out of the bus, put it on the rooftop and slept on the rooftop of the bus naked because it was hot as hell out there under the stars in the middle of the desert overnight. And that was part of my hero's journey home. Crazy. Yeah. You're nuts. We are. We are nuts. Okay. So bringing it to 2022 all right, this year. All the things we wanted to do differently. Yes. One of the things being choose a new camp. Yes. And with choosing the new camp, because we had a foot in one camp and a foot in another camp and someone who we're really close with that we really admire their advice and love, of course, partying and being with them. They were the reason why we decided to camp with Camp Mystic this year, which Mm -hmm. is where we spent a lot of time the previous year. We didn't Mm -hmm. realize we knew so many people over there. And it's a pretty big camp, over 200, somewhere between 200 and 250 people, including their additional space annex. and. So we wanted to do the whole rigmarole, be a part of their camp. There was going to be more of our people there. And when I say our people, I mean like our types of people Mm -hmm. that we're interested in building true community with. So we chose that. And a part of our wanting to have a, a deep connection, I think, to camp and to this next burn was that you were going to be a part of build. Yes. Right. So we prefaced, we told them about build. There's nothing there. You make this trek from Austin because we weren't doing this whole deal again where I was driving in the bus with you. No, like you, you were, were a part of build. Sure I, we couldn't both take that much time off of work. Yeah. So I was home prepping the last few things. You made your way yep. 
to the playa again in the bus solo. Mm-hmm. Which, yes, it's challenging because even we still don't have like the AC does not work unless we're hooked up to power as of now. Even though I got the solar installed, it requires even more. Just the electronics game and this yeah. AC unit is we have an a AC big unit power suck. that is kind of too powerful for yeah, like it's too much for what we're using it for. But yeah. it is what it is. So no AC, but like I just have the windows down, listen to podcasts, audiobooks, Did you music, listen to me? contemplate. I listened to you. I listened to a few of your podcasts. Ah. It was like baby was there with me for a little bit. Ah. Mm-hmm. Except a hundred percent not complaining at you the whole exactly, time. <laughs> which is great. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah, the drive was overall fine and even enjoyable. There's certainly moments where it's like, oh, I'm over this. I stopped and stayed in hotels. That was my treat to myself instead of like sleeping in the bus. And, you know, it's, it's a short bus. It's like cool and quirky. And one of the quirks is it has a very small gas tank and it doesn't get, obviously it's a bus. Diesel doesn't get good gas mileage. So I have to stop pretty much every one and a half to two hours to fill wow. this 15 gallon tank that oh gets 11 gosh. miles to the gallon. So that's part of it as well. It just makes the whole trip longer. but. I get there and I actually got there a day earlier than I intended because talking to our, our buddy, Carl, shout out to old Carl Ski, yeah. uh, who's the one who encouraged us to do this camp and for me to do build and everything. He's like, dude, I recommend getting there the morning of when your work access pass is available. We won't get into the details of that. And so instead of getting there that day or evening, I get there at 2 a.m. on this day. I think I'm going to come go right in. You know, it's early and it's, but it's late at night, but it's early for Burning Man. Took me better part of three hours to get in. I'm like, oh, I'm so tired. Just drove like 12 plus hours on this day, let alone the 25 hours before that. Yeah. And there's dust storms. That was part of the delays. So I get in and then it's like navigating the playa, especially before everything's built, because there is a structure that is, once you get it, it takes a little bit of time to get it. But once you get it, it's actually pretty methodical. Yeah. Um, it's a semicircle and you can explain a little bit more if you like. Sure. It's half of a clock. A- yeah. Almost half of a clock is mm. the setup. So when you drive onto the playa, you come into six o'clock. It's the middle. Yeah. And you can go either right or left. And so if you were to go left, then you're going to go towards 10 o'clock. And if you mm. go right, you're going to go towards two o'clock. Yep. And so the playa is set up like that half circle. It goes 10 o'clock on one side around to two o'clock. The center of it is into the playa. And then once you go into the center and past where 10 and 2 are, you're in deep playa. That's where a lot of fun stuff happens. Quirky fun things. Yeah. And if we were to go again, then maybe spend more time. Yes. Yeah. So that's the general structure of it. And then there's roads. So you have like your crossroads are A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J. And it ends at J. So it goes A to J. Mm. So there's an A. That goes all around. There's every letter goes all the way around to all the numbers, to all of the numbers and the numbers are the cross streets. And so our location was two o'clock and F. Yeah. And so I get on the playa and I'm navigating my way there. Unfortunately, I'd been there before. So I knew the general direction I was going, made it there, but it takes, you have to drive really slow. (laughs) The speed limit is 10. must drive. You will get pulled over. over. And every item searched. So this is actually a good time to talk about that a little bit. Yeah. We had a bit of a dilemma going there. So 
be driving. It's a thing where people that are driving in the community and like a friend sphere of people that are going to Burning Man, they take a lot of people's stuff, you know, like whether it's bikes, a bin or two and medicine, substances, substances. drugs. And so I was going to be that person. For we a had lot of like people. four different people's things yeah. inside of our bus that we were toting there. Mm-hmm. So we had to take a pretty, pretty significant stand on no substances in the bus because the bus in general looks like a target. Like well, yeah. it's so unique. Yeah. And yeah. it was not an easy decision because yeah. we had more or less unconsciously just made the decision to take the risk, but didn't even really talk about the risk. And I had a couple of good friends, but one in particular who really hit me with it in a loving, compassionate, like brotherly way. Like, Hey man, this is coming up for me. Just want to like check you a little bit, whatever you decide all good, but just, it feels important for me to share my concern with you. And so, and at that point when he, this was like the day before I was leaving, maybe two days before I had cleverly hid all of it and all these kind of things. And so you and I talked about it and I loved how you, when I first was considering this and he had sent me that message and I was approaching you, I thought that you would be, I thought I'd experience more resistance from you. But you were immediately just super open to like really giving this some thought. Yeah. And so we called another friend and just kind of got some of his advice and just. And then ultimately decided. Yeah. Not to bring any kind of illegal or scheduled substances yes. inside of the bus. Yeah. It felt like a, yeah. a mature masculine thing to do. And that was the the challenge that yeah. my buddy posed to me is like yeah. Yeah, a previous version of yourself. that's not like on the road to fatherhood, a husband, mm-hmm. all those kind of things, business owner. There's a lot at stake. And you you had less to lose in a sense if yeah. you were to get pulled over and totally. something would have happened. And, yep. and it's definitely a thing that happens for people along the way, like someone yeah. from our camp actually wound up getting detained and it was just kind of wild yeah. because they got detained while on the playa going five miles over the speed limit. Yeah. Dogs sniffed the RV and it was just people kind of meeting up in Reno and, you know, getting into the same RV in the same camp, but they don't know each other. Yeah. And somebody had, you know, the dog had a hit and that person had it in their literal backpack. Yeah. And so it wasn't hidden. It wasn't any of those things. And it's just like, it just happens so quickly. Yeah. And so imagine that's your burn. And that person had flown in from Europe Yeah, and was detained. And I don't even know if they got to make it to Burning Man and imagine that. And so it's just not worth it. Yeah. And substances really are a plenty on the playa. Sure. They, so it's not like we would be, you know, if we wanted something. There's a saying the playa provides. They like anything that you don't bring, that you can't, that you decide not to, or whatever. If it's meant for you, it'll show up. If for it's you. meant for you, it'll show up. It's kind and of that very airy as well. I like that's a very airy fairy way to live your life, and it really is on the playa because synchronicity and serendipity, yeah, because Abundant. of the immediacy principle, is just one after the other. And the type of people that come, it just creates this truly magical, one of a kind type of place. So, and back to your point, the, the bus is a target. Like it's got a big tag now that says Florence on it. It's quirky. It's colorful. It stands out. And so we decided not to, and that for my drive, there was just such a burden peace. Yeah. Just so much of a burden released a piece. Uh, so that was really awesome. Okay. So drive, get to the playa. By the time I get to the camp, it's five in the morning there's tons of shit in the bus. So there's, I can't sleep in there as is. So I have to take a bunch of stuff out to make space for 
the bed. And where you parked isn't where our actual campsite is going to be. So I didn't want to fully like settle in because I was going to have to move. boxes from other people that we were bringing there. And, and several a lot big of ass shit. heavy bikes. So I spend an hour plus doing all this and it's, you know, hot, even though it's at night. And finally I get it to a place where I can lay in lay the bed down. and the sun's coming up and people are going to start working to build our camp in like, in like two an hours. Hour. Yeah, an hour. And so, you know, needless to say, I got a couple hours at best sleep that night. And then it's like sun up to sundown for the next five plus days is building our camp from scratch. You know, there'd been a handful of people had been there for a couple of days and they're trickling in, but the real work started the day I got there where we were like building the main structures and the mystic um, theater, it, the mystic theater. So it is a production getting this stuff set up between power, water, food, all the structures. You, our camp literally builds a kitchen. Yeah. Like, like a, a fully full on legit kitchen. functioning kitchen yeah. out of everything that our camp does. The food is the best thing. It's one of the most impressive things. How it's dialed wild. in it is. The food quality. Always and on taste. time, if not early. Yeah. It was, variety. I was very impressed and grateful around that. You know, I think a lot of people think you go to Burning Man and it's a lot of dehydrated things or like beef jerky and snacks and crackers. And I think a lot of people bring that, but like when I'm yeah. out there and everything is so dry, a dried piece of fruit or a dried piece of meat is like repulsive. Yeah. It's like, give me some <laughs> and getting, good food. Getting a popsicle, which I don't even care about popsicles in my normal life, but getting handed a popsicle out there is like, uh, I could cry just thinking about it. A frozen piece of fruit is like, ah. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, from sunup to sundown every day for like five days, just out in the sun, building away. And I love producing events. It's a love hate, right? Because I love it. It's so rewarding, but it is so challenging. It's just, it's a lot. And that's, you know, the best things in life tend to be that way. And so that's, I mean, I, that's basically it. We had fluffers, which was fun. People that were part of like the kitchen team, we call them this fluffers. They call themselves that. I think uh, that's appropriate. I like it. Yeah. I think it's fun too. <laughs> like fluffers really in a different context, it. keep dicks hard. <laughs> exactly. Fluffers in this context, keep the builders hard, happy. <laughs> okay, Jordan. Uh, it is burning, man. So they would walk around and provide everybody with just these beautiful tonics and cold drinks and elixirs and snacks and, and spray you and, and spray fan you. you. Yeah. And give you hugs and love. It was, our camp is really awesome. I'm, I'm very stoked about it. Then it was waiting arrival for McQueen Babeski. I had a different journey. Yes, you did. Yeah. And the few days before I wound up leaving, I got my hair braided in a different way, <laughs> which was great. And, you know, did all of the like beautification things before I could leave. And, you know, all that stuff lasts like three days. I realized whenever you get there, but anyway, it, it was fine. I like did all my prep work, packed my last few things. I flew into Reno and then I took something called the burner bus. So I was able to get in earlier than other people. Which was so cool. I loved that. Yeah. So I was able to get in earlier, but not all that much earlier. So I landed. I like navigated the lines in Reno. I was able to get on an earlier bus than what was my originally scheduled one. I made friends at four in the morning with someone who was also traveling by herself in a different camp. And we recognized each other by the braids. Like mm -hmm. every every stop I made where there were braids, there was kinship. <laughs> I was like, uh, you know, they have braids, dusty boots and a fur coat when it's a hundred degrees outside because on the playa this year, actually it didn't get as cold as it did in 2019, yeah. but some years it's a hundred degrees during the day 
and it's almost freezing, if not freezing at night. Like 40s. Yeah. So you have to oscillate between the two, which is such like, it's such a process for your body. Yeah. You know, but anyway, so make my way, I get onto this earlier bus and anytime moving forward, like if you're going to drive or if we're going to go in together, we're either going to fly into Black Rock City, which I don't know what that really looks like, or we're going to do the burner bus because the burner bus, literally we just drove by the whole long multi-hour awesome. line because it has its own way into the playa. And, but as soon as we hit playa, they turned off all the AC on the bus. Oh yeah. Nice. But it was fine. I mean, because it, it wound up being fine because we weren't in the line for so long, yeah. but it was cool because the bus had a toilet and it was just, it was a good move. It was a lot of like up and down, but everyone's energy was so high Yeah, but that and they were so excited. And I like, I felt myself already choosing my intention, mm. which was reclamation. I wanted so badly to do it differently than I had the year before. And that didn't mean that different things were going to happen to me. It meant that the outlook that I had, the mindset that I chose, the meaning that I gave each thing, I was choosing differently than the year that we'd gone before. And so even in the line where there were these kind of older ladies, older burners that were there and they had been waiting longer and people were starting to file in and like their place in line was a little bit in question because they were sitting and they were, I could feel their energy getting high. And I remember just going to them and being like, all of us see you were here first. So we got you. And then Aww. everybody just relaxed. Aww. And it was like, anytime, you know, somebody official came up, we were like, and these ladies go first, you know? <laughs> and so, it, and then also there was like an element to myself where I'm like, and I'm right behind them. <laughs> <laughs> so it just was different. So we, we make it to the playa and then, you know, they take everybody who's a newbie, which I really would like for them to change the language around it. Cause they call them virgin burners. Uh-huh. So, you know, when, when we talk about sex, we have changed in our life. We've changed it from virgin to debut, yeah. your sexual debut. So, and I loved that. I actually heard some people use that terminology when they say, this is my burning man debut. Yeah. And I really like that better. So anyway, they did their dust angels. And then it was, how do I figure out how to get to my camp? Uh-huh. Like I had to like go into, you know, like where, where are the bus stops and the coordinates and how do I walk to where the camp is? And it's still all like build is still happening but I am just down and it's windy and it's dusty and it's just kind of, holy shit, I made it. Uh And I was already just in much better spirits than, than the previous time. So we, uh, yeah, I made it to camp (laughs) and you were there building Uh and you looked like your soul had been sucked out of you. I was tired for a breath of fresh air to see unexpectedly. I mean, I knew you were coming at some point that afternoon, but it was really lovely to see you in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. So I was there for a day of build, a day and a half of build before the rest of the people of camp started arriving and the burn was actually underway on after the first night we were there, we went on a little jaunt just around the playa to see what was built and available. And it was already so much fun. I felt like in the first three days that I was there, I saw more than I had the whole time in Mm -hmm. 2019. And then my next evolution of my burn happened on the second day that I was there where we, I was getting our camp, like our actual bus and our things all set up. Uh, yes. And I was putting up tapestries. I took a break from building camp and went to like our specific area and was trying to block out, like using tapestries to block more of the windows, the front window so that we 
had a more comfortable environment to sleep in. And I had a staple gun that I was using a staple gun and some other tools in the theater. And the shape of them was different to my actual personal staple gun. And so I grabbed my staple gun the same way that I was grabbing the other ones that the other setup was. And that actually wound up having my staple gun be upside down. And so when I went to staple the tapestry in place, I actually stapled right through my finger. Uh, It fucking hurts. Just like, it's like not hurts. It just like weirds me out. Like I can feel that feeling again when I just describe it. Well, it's like, what the fuck? What? Is happening. I'm like, what just happened? As it happened, I went, no, because it's so fast. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, where did that just go? Because like I noticed it, the tapestry didn't stay. And but I felt pressure in my hand. But I was like, you know, like it doesn't register at uh, first. And then I pull my hand away and I see a, the staple is all the way as if I, you know, like when you staple something, it kind of pushes the thing in. But it's like in my finger and I go to just like even tug it. Ah. And I'm like, there's no way. There's no way with my fingers I could pull it out. Good Lord. So and you weren't around. No. You were like in the theater building still. So I am like, fuck, 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 fuck. No. And I'm just immediately like, no, like, no, it's day one. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and so I run out of the I run out of the bus. And I'm like half the adrenaline is pumping because I like I got to get this out, but I want to get it out while my adrenaline is high. So I don't feel it as much. And so I'm like running to where medical is and they're like trying to help someone who's just broken their wrist. So literally someone broke their wrist. I stapled my finger and then someone screwed next to their finger and like cut their finger all within like 30 to 45 minutes of each other. So we did that like bad things happen in three. It was like one fell swoop. So I felt as though we were like these like amazing people for camp that everyone else was okay because we (laughs) sacrificed Uh anyway, like I'm running around and I'm trying to figure out like who can help me. I like run up and I'm like, I know she's got a broken wrist or like something's going on here, but I have a staple in my finger and like someone's like, you know, a couple people break off from that medical situation and they come to me and they literally like bring me where the toolbox is and grab pliers by our art car and grab pliers and like at first snap the snape staple in half and i'm like oh no like at first it actually couldn't grip it so he went to pull and it just let go and i'm like fuck and then he went to he grabbed another tool and then that tool snapped the staple in half so it's still in my finger and then his third time trying to pull actually pulled it clean out and then i had to put pressure on it so like it didn't bleed everywhere And then I got it. I wound up getting it cleaned, getting it bandaged. But the whole time I'm choosing, like the whole time this is happening, I'm going, at least it's my left hand. Uh At least it's my non-dominant hand. At least it's happening. Now it's over. This is it. And I'm going through this process of the ways that I'm going to choose for this not to be fucked up. (laughs) And these ways that. I'm actually going to get what I want out of this burn because this happened. It's like, here's a test. It's all up to you. Do is this like, it's all going downhill from here. I can't believe we came back to this place. Everything about being here is fucked up. Like, am I going to rebel and push against this thing that just happened? Or am I just going to be like, yeah, I stapled through my finger. Let's move on. And I have been known 
in my life to be a bit of a whiner. A little bit of complaining energy. Yeah. And so I asked the people closest to me, I was like, I'm going to tell you that I did this thing. And then I don't want to talk about it again. Can you help me not talk about this again? And I let the people that were the closest to me hear that and know that. And I think I succeeded for the most part. Then it became like an interesting part of my burn. And also about halfway through the burn, I started being able to use my finger again and I stopped having it bandaged and it was okay. Like it only hurt if I put direct pressure on it because there's so many little tendons and nerve endings in the tip of a finger. My finger is actually still kind of numb. So like it hurts with direct pressure, but generally I almost can't really feel it. Yeah. So it's healing, but it still could have been way worse than it was. So that's like the big thing that happened in the beginning that kind of set the foundation for this next year. So this is obviously going to be a two-parter. <laughs> I was thinking that, but like, yeah, we also could power through to an hour and a half. Well, it's going to be a two-parter regardless, okay. I think at this point. And so we can go into, you know, the actual meat mm. of what Burning Man was for us and like the experiences we saw and those kinds of things. And that can be in the part two. You want to have a fun little cliffhanger? Yeah. So what are some things we'll talk about in part two? One, we were a part of another sex party. Yeah. A sacred sexuality, just to be clear, a little bit different of an energy or much different because there's the orgy dome, which is a camp at Burning Man, yeah. which is much more of a free for all fuck fest. Yeah. Uh, for some then, people. For some people. And then this is our camp's sacred sexuality workshop, which again, we experienced three years ago in 2019 at our first burn, not staying with this camp. And this time staying with this camp. And we, we actually, actually assisted. Yeah. We were support roles in that, which was awesome. Which is cool. With our two favorite blonde doms, Kimmy and Casey. Yeah. It was cool to get to camp with them. It was really, you know, we, we live with them here in Austin and it was cool to get to experience them on the planet. I feel so much closer with them. Like, you know, we're close. They came to our wedding. They're good friends, but this is like, they are family now. Family. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. That's what's available at Burning Man. So we'll talk about that a little bit. We got into a glass case container with probably 50 other people and took a bath. (laughs) Took a shower. I was thinking glass case of emotion from Anchorman. <laughs> got into a glass case of emotion. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. We did that experience. We were caught in an actual literal storm Ew, that we wild. couldn't, that we had to use coordinates in order to get, we had to use like a compass and coordinates in order to Thank get back God to we our camp. That available to us. Yep. We, let's see. I'm we like did thinking drugs. Of all the <laughs> well, yeah, we did some substances and I've come to a conclusion that when it comes to things like MDMA, MDA, those kind of stimulants. That's my last time indefinitely. I don't know when I will ever choose well, to do that again. Before this, yeah, for and so reasons. like that was we threw a really big party our camp's at our big camp theme party. Mm-hmm. Let's see, there were lots of cuddle puddles yep. and uh, Some running around flirting. Uh-huh. We, we were flirting a little bit with somebody, mm-hmm. and there was something else. Oh, I. I was a part of a trio that gave a couple of kinky experiences to someone oh, and yes, you and, I did as well. and you did as well. Mm-hmm. And that was really sexy and hot. I'm forgetting a lot of this stuff. I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah. I got flogged with an electricity flogger. Wow. That was really insane. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's like, yeah, we've got more things to talk we about do, for definitely. sure. We've chased, we chased music, which by the way, out of everything that has to do with Burning Man, that is my n- number one <laughs> disgruntled uh-huh. mention. This is the thing she likes to complain about the most is how terrible <laughs> the music is. How yeah. terrible. And just to be fair, it's a lot of house, house music and variations house, thereof. Sustainable house, progressive house, which is kind of like 
it keeps things going. It's, it's slow. It's consistent. The but bass we like never drops. Bangerangers. Yeah, and the bass you can never find drops. the bangerangers, but they're just not as easy. Yeah, they're not as abundant. I went on an adventure that you weren't a part of, and I yeah. got I got spanked and yeah, stamped did. and did all, like bar hops. Rode a dick. I did a giant one <laughs> called Russell the Love Muscle. <laughs> even know that part it's called russell the love muscle <laughs> <laughs> all right so we'll just okay. leave it at that there's yeah. more there's mm-hmm. more we'll leave it at that mm-hmm. and i think in part two we'll also talk about how we kept our relationship thriving yes. the entire time because big, out of everything big highlight out of everything that was that was my main takeaway yeah. is our relationship so and how we'll approach the next time we go uh, fuck another yeah. laundry list of things we do differently okay See you in part two. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you loved it, be sure to subscribe so you never miss a new episode. And if you extra, extra loved it, make sure to leave a five-star review. I'll see y'all next week.